was like edit anything and then I just turn the plugins on and I export the file. Gotcha. So it's So you gotta figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. 151 episodes. Wow, 151. Yes. This could so. be the best yet. Josh Kemp, right? Hey, that's yeah. me. Yeah, I just I, I've abandoned. I have to awkwardly say your name because I've also in in the uh, interest of completely streamlining the process, I've abandoned doing intros. Mm. I don't. I mean, I always feel like when I'm listening to a podcast, I skip the intro usually. I was gonna say usually that's the part that you know. You know, I'm hitting that 15 second yeah. fast forward yeah key just a few times just to get to the meat of it. So, so right. I like that. I'm like, why would I? And it's pretty self-indulgent to feel like, oh, I'm going to do like a two-minute blurb on how I feel about the episode. It's like, no, I'm not going to do that. Because one, I don't listen to it. Right. Like, I don't listen to the episodes. I do them, mm-hmm. you know. I don't have a lot of... Uh, and it might sound like I'm being like overly self-deprecating. Uh, I, I don't... That's not the case either. I do mm. think this is a cool-ass podcast. But I, I definitely don't do a lot of like research or planning or editing or professionalism type yeah you uh you could say it's casual yes a casual podcast that's a very nice way of putting it (laughs) absolutely see oh wow yeah (laughs) this is a this is a new thing too the fancy mic stand on the elevated coffee table wow and you said you didn't have any professional equipment (laughs) clearly that's a that's a lie this none of my mic stands i think i think i actually bought one of them in my whole house like oh yeah everything else is like stuff that you've accumulated over the years as just from being a musician so true so true like do you have a piece of gear do you think that you've that like you never bought but it's just like in the regular rotation i don't just have one piece of gear i've I've got several pieces of gear is there anything that like stands out though as like the crown jewel of like the junk pile type of thing um not junk pile but you know what i mean stuff i do know what you mean like stuff that you just kind of acquired yeah i have this really cool uh chorus and like echo delay pedal that i certainly didn't buy and (laughs) it somehow ended up you know, in in my basement, in my parents' house. Nice. I don't even know how many years ago, and it's. A, <laughs> I still use it on some like demos and and things like that. So it's it's uh stood the test of time. That's sick. Yeah, I have a few pedals that are just like weird. Like I have a what is that? There's a brand. It's it's not M Audio. It's um, it's like a fake brand that they a fake brand yeah like it's a real brand but they they do uh they just steal the schematics oh sure company uh monoprice monoprice i can't say i've heard yeah. of it yeah monoprice makes good shit like okay. they make they basically i think they're a chinese or a japanese company one of the two and they basically they're not bound by any of the laws that we would have over here for like copyright and things like that. Mm. Um, this is way what it's been explained to me, anyways. Sure. So yeah. they just and Joyo pedals is another one. Joyo does the same shit. I actually am familiar with Joyo. I had a switcher, a switcher pedal yeah. from Joyo. Yeah. So Joyo does the same shit. They basically just steal the schematics for like already established pedals. Like there's a Joyo overdrive that's modeled after an OCD. Right, that is by all accounts pretty phenomenal, but mm-hmm. is maybe half the price. Mono price does yeah. the same thing. Like my friend bought like a, like a five piece surround sound, that's all mono price, but it's like modeled after 
bows or something like that. And it sure. sounds great. Yeah. Honestly, if, if it's not a dip in quality, that's the way to do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's, I don't know. It's just one of those things where you kind of feel grimy about it, but then. Sure. But I mean, just being a musician is so expensive anyway. Yeah. You know? yeah. And, and some of that stuff is just a huge markup, you know, if you're, if you're buying from big companies or whatever. So it's, I don't know. I maybe I'm just good at finding ways to not make myself feel bad about it. Uh, yeah, dude, I'm really good at that. Like yeah, everything sure. I'm recording on right now has been pirated. Like, oh wow, <laughs> they're gonna shut us down. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like I, uh, I mean, this was. I'm not like in my 30s pirating things, although I'm not necessarily opposed to it. But this is all stuff that I pirated like when I was in, I think probably junior in college. Mm. When I had no money, it's like working at Bob Evans yeah. two days a week. Oh man, I know about that. Just yeah. for like beer money, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I just learned to pirate Ableton, and I pirated uh, like really good mastering software and good like vocal processing software and stuff. So that's that's what I get to make the podcast sound decent. Yeah. <laughs> well, I I will say I did my research a little bit, checked out some of the other episodes. Oh, I, you did? I, listen, I listened to the one with Tyler that you did. Uh, oh, yeah. Whatever that was too. And and I everything sounds great. Yeah. I mean, it's Whatever like, you're doing, whatever you're stealing, just uh, I'll I'll, g- I'll at least give them a shout out. So Isotope Nectar is what I used. They have a podcast setting. It's like a, it's a vocal effects and vocal processing plugin. Yeah. And they have a just podcast setting. And I just... That's clean, cool. I, I guess I didn't realize that. that there were, um, there was stuff like that, uh, yeah. plugins for podcasts specifically. But it makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it, all it really does when you break it down, it's like you could accomplish the same thing just using stock Ableton plugins. Yeah, but it's so many different things at one time. Like a preset, the podcast preset basically uses like a gate, an EQ, a compressor. And all of these things that have already been figured out for you. Yeah. So instead of like creating your own chain of uh, Ableton stock EQs or stock compressors and all this shit, stuff that I don't want to figure out. Yeah, no, I got you. You know, are they uh, are they a sponsor on this podcast or in indirectly? Indirectly. Cool. <laughs> I think, do we? Just, I maybe we just have to mention them a few more times and we get money. Is that how that works? Or eventually, I think the algorithm will start to work that way. Where okay, you just say things enough, like. You know, it is kind of already worked that like you don't you have conversations. I'm not a conspiracy theorist necessarily, but oh, that's too bad. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> you'll talk about stuff, and then all of a sudden you'll see ads for it. Ah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, there is some sort of voice recognition going on. I, I mean, yeah, like. there's got to be. That's I, I don't even see that as a conspiracy. I think that's pretty much just true. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. especially like uh, Amazon Alexas and stuff. Like when my dad. My dad is not a tech savvy person, and, mm. you know. Sorry, Dad. Hate to break it to you. Dads are like that. But he he got an Alexa one year, mm. and I'm like, this is so dystopian. Like <laughs> my dad having this talking robot in his house. It's pretty funny, right? Yeah, I'm the, like the same parents. I mean, if they're like mine, who are like, don't go online because all your information is <laughs> going to be whatever. And yeah, they're my dad has an Alexa too and loves it. And yeah. Uh, their Alexa knows so many secrets. Oh, dude. I would imagine. <laughs> oh, for sure. All the family drama. I, I've had to tell them, though, like, okay. Because every year for, like, my birthday or Christmas, I'll get... I'll, I stopped asking for things because I just get things. They'll just give me something. I think it's more fun when you get older to just, like, not know what's coming. Oh, for sure. But I've had to say specifically, I don't want an Alexa. Like, I don't want, mm. like, a HomePod or anything like that. Yeah. I just don't... Uh, 
like I don't want to go into the tinfoil hat territory, but I also no, don't want to feel right. like you started this saying that you weren't uh, uh, about conspiracies. I, know, and, uh, I just don't want. And the here we are. Truth comes out, dude. No, no, no. I, I, I get it. I think I'm just kind of at a point where. I don't really have much to hide, and also I don't care. You yeah. Know? So what if my ads are a little bit better? That's a that's a hot take, probably. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I don't know. I like being able to uh, to have Alexa turn my lights on and turn my lights off. That's no, a, that's, that's fun like, for me. It's definitely cool. And like now that I, I I bought this house, I bought this house like a year ago, and that's when I started to. I'm gonna totally contradict myself what I just said, but like I've started to think about adding like the smart home elements and stuff just because it'd be so yeah, it's kind of fun. fun it's fun you know yeah like getting like a ring doorbell or some shit that's probably where i would start <laughs> yeah honestly the rings are great too yeah like i don't know it's just i have i don't have a lot of money but like i have enough to buy a house from my grandparents so it's yeah, like right on. these little things that i could do it's like you get older and like the things that i used to think were really lame to spend your money on are now like exciting to me like the idea of man i know all about that like buying a new sink for my bathroom soon yep. would be fucking dope. yep yep it's you a know? it's a i feel like i'm just sort of entering that time of my life where i'm like i can't wait to get home and get that cleaning done that i've been meaning to do <sighs> you know clear night. out that storage space or whatever yeah. else and like those are the things that i get excited about now i I don't know what that's about. Yeah, it's just I don't know. It's it, it feels good. Like I'm not. I don't it does, fight it. it does. You know, I just I don't fight it, and I th- I think that there's there's a reason that we all kind of become our own parents, and in, in some ways, you know, right. I mean, to an extent, you know. <clears throat> yeah. Hopefully, improved versions of, <laughs> of that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, do you think? Um, Speaking of like parents and stuff like that, how was it for you like growing up being a musician and things like was were, did, was it the type of thing where they wanted you to really pursue it or was it like keep it down in there? Like, <laughs> yeah, was, sure. Um, well, they they were they were always pretty supportive, but I didn't really get into music until I was probably like seventeen. So I think that helps hmm. a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, I wasn't a a nine-year-old kid with a drum set you uh-huh. know i was just uh learning i don't know john mayer songs on my acoustic guitar you know that sort of thing <laughs> yeah uh the funny disconnect i guess there though is that like they're super supportive but they don't really know anything about music and i grew up in a very like religious household uh, okay i'm not anymore but like they certainly are and then everything that like in the world of music that that they know is like very worship based it's very mm. so like i'll get a text every now and again and it'll be like some like mega church video <laughs> and my dad will be like i you know i could really see you doing that one day like <laughs> and he I, I like i love it i love yeah, it yeah. i really do cuz like to him and his and his world that is like a huge compliment you know right right so like i i try to see it through his eyes as much as I can, but there, there is a little bit of a disconnect. Yeah. Yeah. That's wholesome. It's wholesome though. It really is. That's cute. Yeah. I think I'd be way more into, uh, church music if they had like atypical song structures and Mm, yeah, more than four chords. Maybe they take the, my, that's my beef. They take a verse and they, there's like eight verses 
and it's you know what i mean yeah then, oh, absolutely and yeah. then there'll be a bridge and then if if there is even and mm. then they'll repeat the end chorus like eight times yeah the biggest thing is getting caught in that bridge chorus section because you can just go back and forth in my experience for for forever yeah it's like an infinite loop and i think i don't know yeah. if that's like a symbolic thing to describe the nature of heaven or the afterlife <laughs> i i don't think it's that intentional but <laughs> well, that would be not. that would be impressive <laughs> I mean, what what do you think? Like, since if your parents weren't really like into that, what what were and being seventeen is kind of like a late bloomer in terms of like getting into music. Not necessarily super late. It's not like mid twenties, but yeah, I it's mean, also it's, not like mm-hmm. like what what kind of got you into it at that point. So, uh, I had this teacher who he was like the only teacher I had that was that was like younger he was like maybe 24 mm-hmm. 25 so like just fresh into it and he had a guitar like in this classroom with him he he taught English and like journalism and and things that I really enjoyed you know it's high school say so, oh uh, no like in school like okay yeah uh those are the those are the courses that he taught but uh but yeah anyway it was like the first time I like felt like I identified with the teacher. Oh yeah. 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 And I really liked the same type of music that he was into the same type of music that like he would noodle around with, like after, after class and everything, like I would, I would catch him playing John Mayer licks and I'd be oh, like, sick. Hey, you know, why yeah. Georgia? That's really cool. <laughs> and you know, we just got talking about just music and, and guitar. And uh, he asked me if I was like ever interested and, told me that he would like just kind of teach me for free just like here and there Sweet. after school yeah my my mom was a teacher at the same school so like after oh, okay. after class had ended there would be like uh 45 50 minutes before i'd actually go home because i was waiting on her you know? oh i gotcha yeah yeah we all rode together my brother went to the same school it was like a whole thing uh so yeah it, like with that time he would just kind of teach me uh pretty basic stuff and that's really i guess how i got started that's pretty sweet like i had i had a uh and i had like a parallel experience actually like i had not with music but i had uh an english teacher in high school yeah that, like i became like the total like his you know brown nosing like teacher's pet mm-hmm. you know because like he he introduced me in a lot of ways i think he introduced me to the idea of just being an artist yeah, because he was so That's passionate. Uh, he was 10 years older than me. So, you know, uh, we were 17, 16. He was 10 years older. And so mm-hmm. he was so into like reading Shakespeare and like reading like when we like read Catcher in the Rye, that became my favorite book. And I started to feel like I was a real cliche, dude. Like in middle school, my favorite book was probably like Perks of Being a Wallflower. Mm-mm. And then I graduated to Catcher in the Rye and mm, like share all this shit. And I was, I totally. If it makes you feel better, we probably would have been buddies. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like I totally like identified with like these outcast, you know, whiny characters. Oh, yeah. You know, that's and, still me. Yeah, I I mean I I probably read Catcher in the Rye once every couple of years at least. Yeah, it's classic. Just, just to kind of, it's one of those books that I like. I like to continuously reevaluate how I feel towards the character, you know. Mm. And it's been really really interesting. I, I'm one of those people like I read a lot of books. You can see, you know, but I really like to. Uh, I I, de- I definitely haven't read every all of my books because I like to just mm, yeah I have my favorites that, that yeah. I reread and I like to 
be really, really well versed on the on a smaller number of things, mm. but then have like a bunch of shit that I can offer to people. Yeah, no, know? that's cool. But yeah, anyways, like I had that that teacher, and like I, we would always hang out in his room at lunch and stuff, like in lieu of like a real social life. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs it? Who needs one? Right. But yeah, like I I started lyric writing and stuff. I would start writing poems, and I started by just basically plagiarizing people that's you know? that's the best way to do it that's the best way to get started anyway yeah it, it was like it was almost like i was trying to just hide the fact that i was plagiarizing but in my in my own way that was how i got started just just getting into the actual physical flow of like seeing what it felt like to write the things that i identified mm. with yeah for sure and that helped me start writing my own stuff like the first song i ever wrote has a, a part in it that's very much just almost copy and pasted from one of my favorite songs at the time, but I changed it enough to make it my own. And then the rest of the song was completely different, but it was like, yep. I had to figure out what it felt like to even play it or mm. try to write something like that yeah. before I could start branching off and doing my own thing. Yeah. I like the way that you put that, that even just like the act of sort of writing it out yourself and like seeing yeah. what that did for you and where yeah. you could go from that. That's cool. Yeah. I've heard like a lot of comedians, uh, say that like where they got started i mean this is something i would never have the like attention span to do but they would literally like listen to other comedians that they looked up to and write down what their jokes were like write down their favorite comedians jokes like word for word so that mm. they could just get just to see what it feels like and try to like notice the patterns like by writing it out and actually seeing it and feeling the the process of writing that stuff. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, and it, uh, you can like tra train your brain into like that's how I started writing songs mm. was by like tabbing out like White Stripes songs, like <laughs> yeah, uh, other stuff. Like I don't know, I, I liked a lot of like emo stuff too, like My Chemical Romance and Fall Out Boy. And oh yeah, but I would just listen to it and tab it out. I'd write my own tabs, and then I was like, okay. You really break it down. You figure out exactly how to play it, and then you get in the process of like writing things. You start to notice patterns. Like, okay, every time I'm like four, four, five, six on these three yeah, strings, it sounds no, like yeah. this, and then you start to figure it out that way. Because I don't have any music theory. I was gonna ask, did you? Did you no. end up? No, no, no. I have zero theory knowledge. Like, I it's still very much just a, um, a feels ear. thing, and yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean that's like that's an important skill too. Yeah, I because like I I studied theory just like a little bit, and you do lose a little bit of the magic when you do that. If that makes sense. Yeah, and that's that's one of the things I use to rationalize not putting in the work to learn mm -hmm. theory. <laughs> yeah, you know, like I'm like, well, I don't want to lose the magic of it. Basically. Yeah, it can be like of course like an extremely helpful tool. Too, yeah, right. So like. I I think I'm in like a good spot where like I know um I know enough to keep things interesting mm. but there's still so much I don't know that like if I stumble upon something like a a progression or like a part that doesn't make sense in my brain but like sounds interesting I'm like whoa I don't want to know why this works but like right. I'm I'm pumped by this right now yeah, and something special here. Yeah, and I, that that happens a lot. Like most of the well, not most, but a lot of the songs that I've written will contain uh passages where 
I guess the theory that is actually happening is a little bit beyond like beginner theory stuff. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like sometimes it's, uh, it it would be considered advanced to an extent, but I don't know what I'm doing. So I, it doesn't feel advanced. It feels just well within the pocket of what I can do. Yeah. Which is, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no. The cool thing about that too is like, not only is it advanced, but it's like, uh, it feels natural to you. Yeah. You know, it's natural sounding. Yeah. You're not like trying to force, a new time signature to happen or something. It's, right. Yeah, yeah. A lot of times I don't realize until like I'm in the studio with Tyler or something that there even is like a time change or a tempo change. That's pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I guess this is 3-4, dude. <laughs> 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 like we're working on a song right now uh, that there's a whole bridge that completely is a tempo. It drops tempo and it goes to 3-4. And I was like, wow, oh, that's cool. I want to hear that. It, yeah, I can send it to you. We're, yeah, we're, please do. Yeah, please Tyler do. and I are uh, we're we're a good team in the studio. I will say that Tyler Tyler's a good dude, and also just like everything that I've seen him work on is just so great. Yeah, he's he's great. I think he's like a he's a very good like chameleon of a producer. I think. I think yeah, he can sure. do it all, and I think he knows. He has an intuitive like Tyler. Just fast forward because I don't want to. <laughs> float your ego here dude or, uh, well if we mention tyler more he has to give us money i think right? <laughs> yeah. yeah a little sponsorship <laughs> he can give me back some of the money i've given him over the years perfect <laughs> but no i think he and this is a great trait to have in a producer i think he just he can adapt to what the needs are of the artist like i'm the type of person where i need like I need a sound engineer more than I need a producer. Mm, yeah. You know, and he's very much that. And he, he, he gets enough of what, what I'm going for now that it's very fluid. And it's like, especially like when we make harmonies, vocal harmonies, like mm. it's, I think we're definitely, he would, he would agree that we're kind of a harmonic dynamic duo in there. It's, it's a lot of fun, but I think, you know, from what I've heard talking to other people who've worked with Tyler, he's also very good at like, if the song needs structuring, if it's just a loose idea that needs production, you know, he can do that too. Yeah. You know? He's actually how I first heard about your music too. Oh, really? Yeah. I think, I don't know if you guys played a show together or something, but he mentioned he was going to like the, I think that show you did in Ann Arbor. Oh yeah. Or, you know, he was at the, uh, so I played with a band called Fleece at uh, the okay. Logger house and he, he went to that one. Oh, I remember okay. that. So, that might have been the one that you were talking about or that he was talking about. There was one I saw I guess, after he mentioned um, you, I like I looked on your Instagram and then there was like an outdoor thing that you did in Ann Arbor a while back too. Oh yeah. Probably Sonic Lunch. Yeah. 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 That's right. I did Sonic Lunch this summer. How was that? Like, Oh, it was, it was great. It was cool. It's my first time uh, ever being, have you been to a Sonic Lunch or <sighs> Dude, it's, it's somehow I've never it's never lined up to where I'm there while it's happening. Like I've yeah. been there and seen the signs. I've like, I'm, I know Ann Arbor, like the back of my hand, I'm always there. Right. You know, but yeah. I've never actually been to a Sonic lunch event. Somehow. Yeah. I mean, well, this is my first time and man, it was, it was so cool. Just, I, I like, it kind of cracks me up because it's like always in the middle of the week and it's like in the middle of the work day. So it's, yeah. it cracks me up to just see like everybody just sort of take, a few hours off and just like come out and catch like a concert i i think that's a lot of fun yeah um but yeah no it was cool it was also my i think probably my first time playing in ann arbor oh that's cool yeah it was a a pretty 
good first Ann Arbor gig for sure. So where are you? Where are you actually from? So I I'm in Detroit now, but I'm from the Flint area. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. I went to Linden. Oh shit! Yeah. yeah. So I I grew up in Fenton. <laughs> oh no shit! Yeah. So like wow. right there. Yeah, the, like we were obviously you know like Fenton and Linden were like rivals and right. Whenever yeah. I describe like what Linden is, no one ever knows where it is. So I'll say you know Fenton. And they're like, yeah, I know Fenton. I'm like, okay, well. You well, just... that's how you know we're the better city. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you need us for a reference. Like, Linden is like the little, like the elbow. <laughs> right, right. That's a good way to put it. And uh, I like Linden, though. It's cute. It is. And now we have a Dollar General. Uh, yeah, it's less cute, exciting. I guess. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you also have a great ice cream place. And I know that because my parents treat me to that every time I'm in town. So... Oh really? And yeah, I like, can't think of what it's called, but it's there's one over there. I'm sure, I've had it. There was like, uh, at one point, almost like half the downtown just burned down when I was in high school. Oh wow! Yeah, if you go through downtown Linden, like right at the main intersection, and you know where the Beacon and Bridge gas station used to be, <laughs> yeah, across the street from that, like the really old, there's a like a brand new looking building that's less than maybe ten years old now, and that's there because the old historic building that was there just burned down. Oh man. And a bunch of us, it was when we were in high school, we were like sophomores and a bunch of us like drove up there to try to get on the news. <laughs> and like one of our friends <laughs> who's aptly named clown. Cause he's this big pale dude. He had this huge, like blonde Afro shout out the clown. Yeah. Him of all, he of all people got on the news. <laughs> and they were wow. asking, so like, what did you, what did, what did you think? Just give us your thoughts. He's like, yeah, I mean, we just looked and all of a sudden this building was on fire. It was like the stupidest. Amazing. Just man on the street type stuff. Wow. Know? Yeah, that, that sounds like a, or feels like a TikTok I would come across or something. Yeah. Just this uh, clown looking dude <laughs> describing a fire that he just happened upon. That's great. It was just very small town. Yeah, thing. for sure. But no, I mean, Linden's, Linden's cool. My, uh, my girlfriend still lives in, well, she lives in Fenton now. Mm-hmm. She's from Flushing, but. Oh, yeah. Familiar. Yeah. Mm. yeah, Flint, you know, Dort Highway, dude. Bad times, good times. <laughs> Dort Highway. <laughs> Dort Highway. Yeah. If you know, you know, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. So when uh, when did you kind of make the move from there down to Detroit? Actually, uh, Detroit's a pretty recent change. I think, I want to say like six months ago, eight months oh, ago, really? something like that. Not even quite a full year yet. Oh, okay. I guess you could say I'm I'm in my first year in Detroit. Hmm. Like what neighborhood do you live? So I actually live off Woodward. So I'm I'm yeah. in Midtown. Oh sick. Yeah. Right across from like Hopcat, <laughs> if you're familiar. No, I yeah, I have a friend who lives in the uh the complex off Woodward on Garfield. The entrance is on Garfield. Uh and your friend lives in my building though, yeah. probably. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I know your I know your entrance code. That's that's wild! Wow, yeah, hop on by. That's really yeah, funny. That's sweet. He, well, uh, who's your friend? His name's Pat Stars, and uh, he I think he works for Rocket or something. I can't remember what he works for. Oh yeah, sure. But he's one of those downtown guys. Works for one of those companies, and it's just him and his cat in like this big studio. Wow! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's cool. funny. It's cool. I like going down there and visiting him. It's the most bachelor apartment. Like he's got a fucking 
treadmill not treadmill he's got like an exercise bike just in the middle of the room <laughs> sure sure <laughs> futon little tv piano oh a futon yeah. classic yeah it's, it's 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 got everything it needs yeah i know for real so like okay so you've been in detroit for you know less than a year and how how often have you been like playing music around here it's oh i've been playing music in detroit for for much longer oh um, okay yeah i not too much of a scene in the Flint area. I mean, a little bit. And it's right. been a while since, so I don't really know what the, the scene is like now. But uh, I think on most of my, like, EPKs, I probably said that, you know, I was from Detroit. <laughs> because that's, <laughs> that's, like, where the shows were. You know, that's, that's yeah. where I was going. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, like, ever since I've, I've started doing music, I guess, I've been playing in Detroit just kind of like well how did you first get into it like do you remember like if there was a connection you had or like someone that you met or like a, a venue that you targeted at first because i always think it's interesting because for me it was just like hitting up random cold hitting up people on facebook and trying to find yeah like oh these appear to be the band people in this area like let me try to like be friends with them or like go to their shows or something yeah uh shoot so I originally like my first um, introduction to like local music uh, was actually playing guitar for a punk band. Oh yeah. Yeah. Nice. And I didn't like back in that day I did like some of the writing and um, you know, I played and like sang backup vocals, but I didn't do like hardly anything else as far as like booking shows or things like that. So um, that's a good spot to be in honestly, yeah, honestly yeah. yeah oh better days I'll tell yeah. you what um, so I I built a lot of relationships with people just like through that that carried over you know I'm still friends with these people like years later um, but yeah initially I didn't have to book anything our bass player is basically the guy that booked all the shows and he did a great job and yeah. then through those connections I was like able to book more uh, when I started to do my own thing. Okay. And there was a period, I, I suppose, where like I, because like I, I left the punk band, I was starting to do my own thing. And then I was really doing the research on like who who my people are, so to speak. Like who's making music like this out in Detroit? That's literally like why I hit you up in the first place. Yeah. I to introduce myself because I was like, I've been playing around here for so long, but I still feel like I haven't found the right people yeah necessarily like i have to an extent but i haven't found enough of them sure sure you know what i mean and there's there's like always more out there too yeah yeah so yeah you find all these these people i can kind of see the trajectory now yeah i find these people i just you just go to shows and make connections you know yeah um i try not to be too pushy about like my music you know i just like support for the most part and inevitably it comes up you know it's like a big part of what i do so like inevitably Uh, and it's like a lot more fun for me that way too. Cause they're like, Oh wow. Like I didn't one, I didn't realize you did music. And two, like, this is, this is pretty good. Like people are usually kind of impressed by that. And yeah. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, we should, we should book a show or we should do something. And that's kind of just how I got started doing it anyway. Yeah. I think it's, it's, I miss the days when it, the idea of booking a show was exciting and it didn't feel like work. It felt like, oh my God, here's this thing that, this door that was closed for so long. Now all of a sudden it just swung wide open. Right. And now that it, it's, it's I, I liken it to 
when you first get your driver's license and you're so mm-hmm. excited to drive and you're so excited to do all those things that pretty soon become just a complete necessity and a nuance. I mean, right. a nuisance. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, like I was just thinking about that. Like it, it used to feel like the absolute freedom. Like, oh, I can just email. And I have a, I have a connection with this, this uh, booker now at this venue. Like Club Above in Ann Arbor was one, like the first venue that I actually booked. And I was like, like on my own. And I was so excited. I tried to book, book so many shows at yeah. Club Above, dude. And it's just like. That's the spot. Yeah. And nowadays, it's like, now I understand how it works, but it's just a total, I don't get excited about it. You know what I mean? It, yeah. I mean, it's just like, it's just like kind of anything, you know, you get used to it. Um, and especially something like that, you know, the first time it is like. It's very new. It's very exciting. Yeah. Like I'm starting to grow something and it's great. And, and now we know that's just like kind of part of it. And yeah. it's maybe not even your favorite part of it. It's certainly not my favorite part not even to be honest. Close yeah. To it. yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I love playing shows, but all of the details surrounding shows, I, I don't care for so much. Yeah. It's like, I started paying my friend, uh, my friend Ian Cruz, who's a good dude. He works I think he just started working for kickstand for nate oh yeah but before that he works for he still does works for the pleasant underground who they you know they book a bunch of like punk yeah i'm familiar type mm-hmm. shows and stuff i mean they're really good friends of mine and they like pleasant underground people like i i've known them i've been playing shows like with and for them for as long as they've been around as long as i've been around basically but like i'm trying to branch away from them to an extent not because of them but because of like i want to find different genres to play with like i'm always Mm. gonna be down to play some like pleasant underground shows like that it's not gonna stop happening but it's like i've been talking with ian to help try to book us more out of town try to find different scenes find different footholds you know that feels less like i don't know midwest emo Mm, yeah a lot of that yeah there's so much of it yeah I'm not gonna say like it's a bad thing. Like, no, I like a lot of it for sure. Yeah, it's like it does feel oversaturated to me, but I think that is just that's more of a positive than it is a negative because I think that just means there's so many people that are like excited about making music and so many people Mm. that are excited. It's not a bad thing if a lot of people want to make music in my eyes. Yeah, for sure. It's just kind of like it's so flooded with that, that it's hard to figure out who are those other bands like us. Like I feel like your band is, is too like you, you do something that's not just like twinkly emo, you know, Mm. it's not, I mean, there's emotions that go into it. I hate the term emo. I really do because I think there's an aspect of all music that's emotional. I can't, I can't fathom why this one genre has co-opted emotions you know i don't get that at <laughs> they're all they're just a little bit louder about their emotions yeah. maybe that's part of it right i was just like okay but yeah i i want to find more of the indie stuff definitely understand that you know yeah i know what you mean and i i it, it's it's kind of like the the punk days right like i i loved playing in the punk band and like i still love that band and it's like st- objectively some of the best time i ever had yeah in music but like I ended up leaving ultimately just because even though I'm really enjoying this, I, I want to do the thing that's like a little bit more me. Yeah. Yeah. 
um that's that's got my heart in it a little bit more and that's that's totally fine yeah no absolutely i think you know i would love to i'm still i'd still be open to playing in a punk band if it was like my second thing Mm, yeah like if i want to i do want to find another band and just play guitar and like not honestly i miss that so much you know like oh yeah it's it's so nice to just show up to the gig (laughs) yeah like i had a band like that for just i don't know like less than a year like we were starting to pick up steam a little bit like getting shows locally where like we played you know some like an audio tree show at the loving touch and we're supposed to have another one and then COVID hit you know Mm, and then our songwriter just like kind of fell out of love with things and and just we crashed you know because like it wasn't like i could take over i wanted to just you know start directing things forward but i it wasn't my band you know i was just sure just in it so i miss that I, i i miss just like not having to sing honestly and like, <laughs> yeah I, I miss like playing guitar and like looking at all my pedals and doing weird shit and just kind of bouncing around and like paying attention to what's happening instead of like having to pay attention to the pedals and like make sure i'm playing everything right and like singing and remembering the lyrics and there's just I oh know, yeah that, i mean just so much more you know that that job yeah entails you yeah know? i mean you get it it's like you have to it, it's almost how do you feel about stage banter? Like how do you feel about like how how like connected are you up there with the part of you that is thinking about how you're coming off to the crowd and like how much thought consciously like goes into that? Yeah, man. Uh that's a good question. It's for sure the thing I freak out about the most. Yeah. Like <laughs> I it whenever I'm on stage, it's never really that bad. You know, and I I even know that off stage. And I actually, to be honest, like, I don't know if this is like, I don't know, um, too conceited to say, but like, I think I'm actually pretty good at it too. I just like, for whatever reason, I'm like, I just, I know I'm going to say something problematic by accident. You know, (laughs) it's just like the, the intrusive thoughts in your head. Like, I just, I know I'm going to slip up and like do something stupid or like fucked up or like whatever. (laughs) And it's it never happens, but and it, yeah, it's me on this podcast. I don't know. <laughs> sure. Well, you can edit around whatever, right? So yeah, back to kind of like the um, what was it? The uh, the stage banter thing. Oh yeah, I was curious too. I wanted to ask about like where do you feel now? Like if you think back to like when you first started performing as like the front person of mm-hmm. a, of a project like what were the nerves like then like what was it like finding yourself in that like finding like your vibe like was yeah. it was it were you always feeling like you were yourself up there or is it like a progression to where you feel now does that make sense yeah i think uh the more i do it the more i feel like myself up there and the more i feel comfortable you know um i think when i first start like took on a role as like a front man or whatever i it, i was just like so uncomfortable probably like uh man i can't i can't remember any instances but i just know like where i'm at now i feel like i can connect with an audience in a way where like before i was just worried about being entertaining you know that was like my main yeah. concern was like be likable be fun be whatever and now i'm much more just like be comfortable and be yourself because yeah. nobody, 
the audience can feel when you're just like trying to put on an actor or be somebody for them. You know what I mean? Like nobody wants that. You don't want that. You don't want to be uncomfortable on stage trying to like be an entertainer and they don't want to like see you try so hard to be honest. So like just give them what you want and what they want and just be yourself. And it's easier said than done. Right. Like, like anything, you just got to do it until you're comfortable. But yeah, I think the more you, for me anyways, the more I've, the less I've thought about giving people what they want, the more I feel like I'm actually giving them what they want in a weird way. Mm, interesting, like, yeah. Like the like the more I just focus on like enjoying what I'm doing. And That's huge. That's what people want to see. That you know, yeah. they, they want to see you enjoying yourself. Yeah, that that that's a pretty that's a good quote. I'm you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna uh, edit out the entire like last ten minutes. Perfect. And then I'm going to just start right where I say something profound. I love it. I love it. <laughs> you have that power. I know. But that's the thing. I, I, this is something to think like I, I get talking about topics and like I like this podcast for nothing else. It is totally like a safe environment to just explore thoughts and then talk about like whatever. And sometimes like I'll, I'll, we'll figure it out, you know, we'll like get to the bottom of something. And other times it's just like, you hit a dead end mentally, you know? Yeah. That, that's long form conversation, you know? That's a show business. Yeah, I know. But it's, it's, it's like, back to like, it's kind of like, you know, the thing, the same with the podcast is, you know, with the less I think about giving people what they want, like in the beginning, I, I would ask way more directed questions in the beginning, I think. And I, I was trying more to be mm. like an interviewer. Sure. And it just didn't feel... Not that it was bad, but it didn't feel great. Like it didn't feel. Yeah, it probably just felt like information. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the type of stuff that would just make me want to turn off an interview. Mm. You know, whereas the more I just think about, like, all right, well, what I'm in, I'm in a room with person, a, a person. What do I? What would I say? You know, like what would I say if we weren't recording? And I try to not think about the fact that a recording is happening. Yeah, for sure. And, and just just have a conversation. Yeah, and I think the same the same principle applies to any type of performance really. You know, in a lot of ways like I think like I said, the more you just focus on having fun, like people can tell if you're trying to do stage banter. You know what I mean? Like mm. if you have pre-planned things and it just feels like stale and you have like you know, you'll see live performances and you and it gets to points where it's like this band is on tour. They probably said the same shit last night. Right. You know, and some people that's cool because they want to see the shtick or whatever, but not for me. Yeah. Not for me. You know, I think there's like maybe a happy medium there. Right. Like, I, I think so. Yeah. I yeah. Think there is. If, if you've got like a joke that you think is just so good. Like yeah, use it use yeah. it in a different city, you know. Like you can you can work that in in a way that's natural and like yeah. whatever. Um, if if you have little bits that you can do to get the audience engaged, like absolutely, if they're tried and true, go for it. Yeah, but yeah, but, but try to keep it, you know, fresh. Try to keep it different. Yeah, no, I I I think definitely there's like examples of bands around here, like you know, I'm buddies with Seaholm, and they yeah. they do shit that is like. 
obviously planned, mm-hmm. you know, like little bits in between songs and stuff, or they'll play like 10 seconds of a breakdown and be like, okay, that's our song. And I'm like, you guys are fucking classic, dwarfs, classic jokes. But, you know, and that's, they, I feel like that's where that happy medium is. Like, obviously it's a planned bit, but it, it feels organic to who they are. It doesn't feel like, okay, yeah, this would be huge. the point where we fit in a joke because that's what bands do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, trying to follow some sort of, I don't know, guideline or something. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, who do you think is like, um, I'm going to ask you this and then I'm going to go over to the computer to make sure I can check the level on something, but you can keep talking. Okay, sure. A little behind the scenes, people, a little inside baseball. But <laughs> um, what? who do you think is like a live performer that most inspired or like informs the way that you have become a performer you know what i'm saying like is there anyone yeah sort of a live performer that i um not like take notes after maybe but like like to that effect uh man that's a really good question oh yeah i'm full of them um i mean honestly i think i'm most blown away by seeing my friends perform and seeing how they interact with the crowd and an audience and uh, a buddy of mine jason uh he's got a band michigander mm-hmm. and he was my friend before he was was making music in michigander and i think just the first time i saw him live i was just like wow he's incredibly personable and comfortable up there and like yeah engaging and he does it in a way that's like so effortless and yeah i i kind of hope he doesn't hear this because i don't want it to go to his head but like he really like really watching him live made me feel like yeah i could do that too like why not you know yeah i think he's probably accomplished enough to where like if it was going to go to his head it would have by now (laughs) or maybe it has i don't know i've never met him right right (laughs) maybe it has gone to his head but no i'm just kidding i doubt that it has by all accounts i know he's a good dude yeah oh for sure great dude super supportive um even still from afar, he's like over in Nashville now. Yeah. Yeah. No, that that's that's one person that uh my soul is just angry with because they did a song with uh uh my Manchester Orchestra and that's I'm just like, okay. Oh yeah, that I guess, I'll, I guess that I'll bugs quit. you? It it no, I mean it's like that's awesome. It's awesome. But I, it, oh, it's yeah. one of those things where I, I can't not be jealous of it. I can't Oh, that's what you meant. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. gotcha. I love Manchester Orchestra. Oh man, like, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And that song is killer. Yeah, I haven't, yeah, I haven't brought myself to listen to it yet. Oh, wow. Well. It's one of those things that's hard for me to do. It's hard for me to like... I, that's a that's one of my like... That's my tragic flaw. Ah, gotcha. Is like... It, my ideal self is really good at supporting people and it's really good at being happy for people. And those are the... That's an ideal that I would like to see myself as. Like, I want to identify with that type of person. But okay then, so it's like something you're working toward yeah and yeah. then but i definitely have like insecurities that make it difficult for me yeah you know? that's hard i mean i've been there you know that's just kind of um part of growing i think it's good that you can realize oh yeah that yeah and like hopefully you're like working toward it like you you were saying yeah definitely and it's like it's because i'm aware of it i've never been the type of person to like I like if I'm jealous of somebody or like what they have or what they're doing like I've always been aware of that and have not been the type of person to like 
tear them down because secretly I'm insecure. And yeah, secretly good. I've, I've always been like, if, if asked or whatever, I'm like, that is cool. Like that is really cool. And like admitting it, it's more of like an internal thing that it's like, it's always been painful for me to even sometimes go to shows because I want to be doing that so badly. Like mm-hmm. I want to be playing so badly. And it, it was, before I was like in a band and doing it, it was even harder, you know, because I was like, damn, like, how do I do this? Like, I, it's one of those things where it's only fun for me if I'm like a part of it, you know, mm, like, gotcha. I want to, now that I'm more of a part of it, it's more fun for me to like go to shows and it's easier to support people because I know that like I'm a member of this club. Yeah, that know? makes sense. Uh, you, you feel like you're a part of it in some small way yeah and that's emphasis that's, on small but yeah yeah sure i mean well that's <laughs> that's just kind of how i feel about um you know going to a lot of like shows in michigan like a lot of local shows where it's like sure we're all in different projects and whatever but like we're kind of in this struggle together you yeah. know yeah. we're all kind of trying to do our best at this thing and and make things happen and that camaraderie is just like enough for me to like have that like go get them attitude you know? yeah yeah and it's it's like the people it's a lot easier with me for like people i know personally yeah that makes be, sense to be excited it's like when there's people like michigander is a great example because that is a band that like i feel that my own band has a lot of like musical similarities with and mm. the more like more indie than emo you know like more into that like alternative indie type of thing and it's like it's I admire what they've done so much, you know, yeah, that for it's, sure. it's so hard to be like, okay, I, that can be done. Like I, I want to do that, you know, and it, it's not, it's less of like a jealousy or like an, uh, like dr- anything like directed at, at successful bands, but it's more like the knowledge that I can do it or the knowledge that it can be done. And I know that like, I have what it takes but just not being there yet and having no idea how to actually <clears throat> yeah, get sure. there. It's just like an, a frustration and like this, this like anxious energy, like you want it and you want to do it. And it's like a passion. Yeah. But for it, sure. it manifests itself as like <clears throat> sometimes a negative internal feeling rather than like, uh, just a, like a motivational drive that feels positive, you know? Yeah. I think it's, um, if, if I'm hearing you right, you have a tough time, I guess, switching that perspective and like mm-hmm. being encouraged by it. And that's like a, that's a hard place to get to, I think, you know? Yeah. Um, Cause I don't know that I, I was always there either, but like I, I see, you know, something like a story like Jason's and I, I find it inspiring, you know, cause it's, he's not some, some rich kid, you know, mm-hmm. that like just threw right. money at it. He just like is a dude that, works really hard and like throws everything he's got at it and like believes in himself and like yeah that's the stuff that like yeah it's gonna beat money it's gonna beat um it's gonna be talent even yeah you know yeah. hard work beats talent that's just that's just like a thing they say yeah yeah um sure he's got both you know but yeah yeah but i see that and i'm like i'm just so inspired yeah and i think that's definitely something that like should be encouraged you know like the, like that i like mindset. when yeah and yeah. i think i like it when the hard work side of things gets amplified more oh for know? sure because there definitely is um 
like an uh like a subtextual cynicism I've noticed with a lot of people where there's like like oh they're an industry plan not Michigander specifically I'm saying like other bands like have been noted to me like oh they were just they're here because this member knows these people or mm. they're here because of this you know sure yeah something that's not related to like their work ethic or something yeah something it's just those stories don't seem very fair i think that's kind of yeah just what it is right it's so what they were you know a rich kid like whatever you know they have more opportunities like it's not necessarily like their fault like i try not to like right. fault them for that either but at the same time it is a little bit like discouraging because it is it you can get into like this frame of mind where you're like well i don't i don't have those opportunities so i can't do it right yeah as if there's like a finite number of paths that lead to the destination you know right that's what i always try to remember is like there's literally no blueprint that's right is like you have to literally do it right at your own way to get there for yourself like you can't look at what uh like i can't look at what boxing did and how they did it and try to just completely emulate it it just won't work for me like it has mm. you can take tenets of like what other bands have done and i think it's really helpful I agree with that yeah but you have to find your own audience you have to do it your own way you have to do it in a way that feels like you yeah i <laughs> you mean know? and that is like your greatest resource too is like yourself and like how you operate how you write and how you do things like yeah leaning into the you-ness of your art is like seriously like a game changer i mean being a rich kid would be sweet too you know? i yeah i mean <laughs> absolutely that'd be pretty dope i wouldn't mind that like hey we need a van mom it's like okay <laughs> amazing that would be sick yeah and, and that's like that's one of those things where it's like it's sweet like i hope that i could if i have kids one day i hope i can provide for them and have some kids that like uh, their peers will look at them and think, oh, well, they're just like, a, they're spoiled or they have all these opportunities that I don't have. Like, You're like hopeful that your future kids will be judged <laughs> yeah, for sure. the life you've been able to give them. Yeah. That's, that's that's pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's because it's like the people who criticize that, it's like, what would you do? Would you reject those opportunities if they were afforded you? Like, I, yeah, I just, I struggled to believe that, you know? I, I yeah. Really, and, that, and that's good because like, honestly, yeah. Who, who would, you know? At the end of the day, I think it's, I want to look at things as a meritocracy. Like, I don't care what opportunities you've had. Like, okay, you're here. Is the music good? Like, if the music's good, then you deserve to be there. Like, if the music's not good, I don't know how you maintain an audience. Like, not everybody likes everything, but if, like, you know, a bunch of quote-unquote rich kids who just got lucky, like, oh, sure, you might be able to get to the table, but you have to produce something worthwhile to stay there and you have to like yeah. create art that is valued by people to an extent and and not only that like i i agree with that um but you yourself like if you are this quote-unquote rich kid right you have to love it to keep doing it yeah at, like the rate that it takes to be successful because like a lot of these bands sure like might have more opportunities and like start off in a better spot, but they, they don't last a lot of the time because right. like, this is just like something they wanted to, they wanted to be play rockstar for a minute. Yeah. You know? And if, if you're not like serious about it on a heart level, like you just, 
you're just gonna abandon it for something easier something yeah that probably makes more money <laughs> you know yeah and like i i think that uh know how do you feel about like how do you feel about your own future like do you how invested are you in i mean there's no right or wrong answer but how invested are you in music like do you feel like that's like a chosen career path for you or does it something that you see as like you'll always do regardless of success level or do you have other passions that you feel are more like in the driver's seat compared to music yeah man that's a that's a really good question it's actually something i've been thinking about um a whole lot yeah. too yeah because by far the thing i'm most passionate about is music you know and i think on some level i'm always going to be doing something in it like something with it yeah uh even if i'm just like recording music in my bedroom and putting it out you know on streaming services if if i end up doing that route or something like i just i think i'm always going to be writing and i'm always going to be putting something out um but it's uh i don't i'm kind of in this new stage of my life where you know i'm getting older and i have new dreams now and i i used to like look at getting older with like such uh like a negative outlook like oh you're you just give up on your dream yeah you start to feel like i don't belong here this is like a kid's game or something yeah well not even that just like I I think about like myself at like 40 or something and I'm like oh, if that guy's not doing music then like he he failed you know what I mean like he yeah. he he yeah. gave up on his dream and he just like became a zombie like working in a yeah. cubicle and like whatever but I I don't know that I actually see it that way anymore I think you just like you find new dreams and you know maybe you're excited about like starting a family or uh not me personally i'm not good with kids <laughs> at uh-huh. all. but like you know maybe it's maybe it's getting married maybe it's like you you've pursuing another passion you know it's finding something new that like excites you and um yeah i, I don't have such a negative outlook on it anymore like for once in my life i think if i wasn't doing music i would be fine yeah no, I think I'm I've been getting there naturally and I and it's interesting that you said it that way cuz I'm pretty much like having a parallel experience in my own life I think like I uh you know, I've been a social worker for like 8 years and it's one of those things where I I know that I'm doing real good in the world and for a while like and I'm still pursuing music and I I can't say like if I ever caught a break or something I wouldn't just drop everything and do it cuz I would. Yeah. You know, but I almost don't feel like seeing the music industry now and like understanding how much like clout goes into it and how much like it, it is just kind of a crapshoot and understanding like the money is not great unless you get to like this certain plateau. Money money is not great, that's for sure. And it's just kind of like, what am I doing this for? Am I doing this for entirely my own ego? Like, you know, like mm-hmm. what what about making it excites me? I've tried to like have these internal dialogues with myself, like really get to the bottom of like why why do I want this? Like I'm already a musician. I'm already making records like is that not enough? Like, do I need the external validation too? And if I do, what does that say about me? 
mm-hmm. you know? And like, what does that say about like my legacy as a human? If I wasn't, my entire drive was devoted to satisfying this, you know, my own like ego and yeah. to an extent. And I feel like I can, I can make music and put it out there. And we have, I have, you know, quote unquote, a few fans, you know, like I definitely have people that appreciate what I do, but I feel like, do I have more to give on my time on earth than just like this thing that offers me so much validation? Like, yeah, sure. Could I be a therapist and like do actual, I mean, not that music isn't real good. Like it is, but like, I feel like I could be a therapist for someone and like make just a markedly larger difference in someone's life and would that feel better than just like being applauded for strumming you know mm-hmm. not to minimize either th- either thing but you know what no, I mean? yeah, like certainly there's, not. there's just like other things to do that might make my soul feel better at the end of the day yeah and i think that's that's huge i mean at the end of the day you should be doing the things that are most fulfilling you know yeah and for me that's still very much is music i yeah you know, I, I love to write and record and, and do all that stuff. Like that's, that's still incredibly fulfilling for me, but, um, you know, you just, you find that in other things. Yeah. And you know, that's not to say that like all, you know, artistic pursuits are entirely like ego driven. No. Yeah. You know, there's totally ways to get real fulfillment, satisfaction out of it. That is you know, based on community building and based on like, Oh, for sure. You know what it does for other people, not just yourself. And it's, it can be selfless in a lot of ways. And I, I try to, I've been trying to connect more and more with that side of music rather than checking the monthly listeners and comparing it to other people. And like, you know, like trying to figure out the clout quotient that we have or something, you know, like trying, Mm -hmm. trying to like be a part of that race to get, like online uh validation yeah that's try not to get caught up in that so that's for sure like a a very shallow part of yeah the whole thing you know comparing numbers and fixating like i'm somebody that has fixated on that stuff before i think we all probably have if you if you do music you know you want the numbers to be good that's like yeah yeah that's just like how it is nobody yeah um I kind of forget where I was going with that, to be honest with you. I just lost it, but... No, it's cool. And I think, like... Another thing about, like, the numbers, though, it's... There's so many ways to artificially inflate those numbers. Oh, yeah. That's that's kind of where I was going, too. It's just, like, it, it doesn't really mean much, you know? Right. It's nice, sure, and it's good if, you know, the you, you can tell that there's, like, a real support out there. That's great, you know? Yeah. But, like, it's so much more impressive to me to draw, like... 200 people to a show than it is to have a million streams on a song yeah yeah i would rather have 200 people who want to see me play live than you know a a spotify song take off on some algorithmic playlists you know yeah yeah i think you know uh, the times that i've been i felt the most like genuine satisfaction would be like when i hear what another artist said about my music like secondhand yeah that's sweet and yeah. i'm just like oh someone said that like not to my face and it was positive and like yeah it's like 
unbiased and yeah, yeah. Like, that feels really good and i just just having the respect of my peers you know and just that feels a lot better than like knowing that like i have all of these thousands of streams or something you know like that would be sweet i would love to have a lot of streams but yeah who wouldn't you know but it's, i realize like that's not the most important thing and that's not why i got into music i got into music because i was good at it yeah you know and it made me feel good and i'm trying to like just reconnect with that more and more yeah know? it's it's funny like the more it becomes a job the easier it is to like forget what it is that you even love about it you know yeah you're so focused on i don't know writing press releases or like getting some sort of coverage or booking good show selling tickets whatever yeah uh it's easy to get caught up in all of that and just sort of forget that like oh yeah i love this yeah this is really fulfilling for me i totally got caught up in like the whole like i I spent so much money on uh promotion you know Mm, yeah i remember like thinking it was so huge that we had like a stereo gum article. And then I realized like nothing really came from that at all. Like, right. It yeah. Just, it's just kind of like, Oh, cool. You know? Yeah. I mean, times have changed for sure. Like that stuff used to carry a little bit more weight, I think, but yeah, yeah it's pretty, it's, it's pretty funny. I just think about how the amount of money I had to spend, like probably when we did like, uh, when our first record came out a couple of years ago, like I probably spent like twelve hundred dollars on like a PR agent to try to get us articles and stuff that just like mm-hmm. amounted to one to two days worth of excitement for myself. Going, oh my god, look there we are in Brooklyn Vegan, and now it's almost like this thing that you just have to do. Like, oh, when you're releasing something, oh, you need to get a premiere on the alternative, or you need to be on Brooklyn Vegan or whatever, and it's just kind of like why yeah i mean it's good resume builder i guess that's the thing that's the only real thing yeah that's like that's kind of why you should do it yeah but yeah i don't i don't know as far as like uh making fans i don't know that it's really a big source of that and that's where it just feels like okay i mean it's just it is just a res band resume builder i always joke about that like same one if you go on the road and play to no one Mm. it's still worth it because you can write down on your band resume that you played in Columbus. Oh, sure. Yeah. We just played in Columbus to like 10 people and most of them worked at the bar and it was like, man, I played those shows. Absolutely. Like, have you been on the road bunch or, uh, yeah, I'm not with this project, but, uh, for sure with the punk bands. Yeah. I mean, we were just like, we did like the DIY stuff. Right. So like, yeah, a lot of house shows and fun. Oh my goodness. So much fun. Like seriously, some of the best and worst shows, but even the worst, <laughs> even the bad shows were like great. If you know, yeah. you know what I mean? Just yeah. like, yeah. Uh, great stories, you know, if nothing else. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we played out a good amount. I went on a couple tours with that band. Um, and then Augre, I started like at the start of the pandemic, basically. So there weren't any shows, you know? Right. And now I'm just like playing in Michigan a bunch, but I haven't really played out. Okay. I mean, do you have, do you have, uh, like long, long view plans for all gray that involve like touring and like more records or kind of like, where are you at with the, the project at the moment? Oh yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I still consider Augre to be pretty like new. It feels like a new band to me. 
Yeah. Um, and I still feel like I'm building something in a lot of ways. And you're like constantly building your project, I guess. Yeah. But I'm what I'm mostly concentrated on is just like making a name for myself here and then like moving outward from that. Uh, I'm continuing to release music, building a catalog of songs, doing all that. Uh, but as far as shows go, I'm just kind of going where there are opportunities. Yeah. And, and I'm, you know, I think eventually you do just have to take some like not so great shows to sort of just like get your feet wet in like different markets, you know, you do. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, it's just how it is. You know, every band kind of has to do that. Uh, but yeah, uh, my main focus for this year is just building an audience here. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, it's, it's not, it's definitely not, uh, glamorous like we went on the road last year in the summertime and we played i mean we learned our lesson the hard way like we went down to charlotte and like played in pittsburgh and akron and we we played a few mm, gigs yeah. you know and it was kind of like none of the shows were that great and it was just like why did we go all the way to charlotte you mm, know it's sure like, it doesn't make sense for a band that's like still trying to grow in the midwest to go all the way to fucking you know, North Carolina just, yeah. f- just for a one-off it, it. Now we're more focused on like, let's, let's make a circle around from here to grand to Chicago to like Indianapolis to Pittsburgh. And let's just play that a lot. Yeah. And that's you honestly, know? I think that's the best way to do it too. You know, yeah. um, especially if you can plan those like on one trip, like you were saying, yeah. like, sure you might get one or two like bummer shows, but like overall it's going to be worth your while. Um, and you are like, just like you were saying, building resumes and like, uh, getting to know other bands even, yeah. which is good for like potential future shows, you know? Uh, so that's like a very organic way to do it. And there's still value in that. Yeah. It's hard for me at this point to like take, I guess, I don't know if it's right to say their risks or whatever, but like take those risks is like how I view it. Um, as a solo artist, you know, I'm usually hiring other people to play with me. Right. And, you know, depending on the gig, like it might be great. You might make a, like a grand or something, but like, uh, a lot of local shows, you really don't make that much money, you know? Right. Right. Especially like some out of state where you're probably not going to bring a lot of people. You're probably not worth a lot of tickets. Right. You know, it's sometimes none. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, sometimes not, and that's like the reality of it, you know. Um it's it's hard for me to like weigh the expense of all that and it's yeah. Yeah. Where like in uh, more of a band dynamic, it's like you're all kind of taking the burden on together, you know, it's a little bit mm-hmm. different, but yeah, it's one of those things where it kind of just I've kind of reframed it. I well, not really reframed it, but I've never framed it in the sense of like this is going to make money. Like I've mm-hmm. never even thought about it. Like I've always just kind of had my nine to five and know that like music is going to be an expensive hobby Mm, until until if and when it's not you know yeah but i'm fully prepared for it always to just be that and if if it ever goes anywhere if it never goes anywhere like i'm i'm fine saying that like I played in Chicago a bunch of times. I played, you know, all over the place a bunch of times. and Yeah, and that's it, cool, too. It, it's something. It's it, still it a feels, life experience. You it know? feels pretty cool to say 
yeah, I played Chicago or yeah. I played, you know, New York City or, you know, some like some major city. Yeah. And it's fun to go see those places. Some people just don't even go see those places. That you know? that was gonna that's my next point actually. It's just that like what I loved about going on the road was just like it was the best way to travel, you know? Yeah. yeah it you usually are put in touch with or meet people that have a lot in common with you, you know, like yeah. just creatives and musicians, you know, it's just there's a lot of common ground there, you know, a lot to to build off of. So like I I just made so many connections that way. I made so many pals just like in different yeah. cities just by doing the music thing. It's it's absolutely my favorite way to get around. Yeah, it's it's like I mean I love just the feeling of rolling up to a new city and just I totally get caught like caught in like the romanticization of like a skyline, you know. I'm like, mm, oh, sure. look at that, you know. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I, I, I that's just you know, baseline how I feel about going to a new place. And then you add on top of it, like, oh, I'm going to go play music. Like, right. I'm going to get to do the thing that yeah. I care about. Yeah. That's sweet. And, you know, no one needs to know that there was five people there. You know? <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, and ideally you keep going back. Like we played Chicago in, uh, you know, a few months ago and I were going back and I'm just really hoping that there's like maybe a, just a few more people this time. And if, if that's the case, like sick. Yeah. Know? That'd be awesome. Where are you playing uh, Chicago? It's called book club book club. Yeah. Okay. It's in, it's in uh like boys town mm. neighborhood. I can't remember exactly where it is. I mean, it's a, it's a cool spot. It's definitely like a hipster neighborhood, but it's like this DIY venue that's, above a nail salon <laughs> ah yep dude diy venues are great and they're yeah. they're so funny because it's always like the most random dude yeah location yeah and it's you never know what you're gonna get with the sound system or oh or, yeah or what we played this place in kalamazoo his house called Backrooms, just like two weekends ago hmm. and it was great like it i mean the stage was tiny and we were a five piece so it's difficult yeah, you know? I, I usually have four other guys with me too. So it's, yeah. <laughs> Danny had to sit on his amp. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like, I think Danny just does that. He likes, for some reason, like, he's adopted this role as like, I'm the guy who like kind of sits to the side. In this you know, band. I'm like, it's Danny, funny no, that not. you mentioned that because I, I do think I saw him play guitar for a buddy of mine and he was sitting down. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, this isn't like a jazz trio, dude. Like, you need, <laughs> but it's the, at the same time, like, if that's, how he feels in our band like and that's what that's how he views his role like i don't want to take that i don't want to do anything with that for him i want him to just do that you know yeah just like, let, let danny do danny yeah yeah he's a silly boy he's, he's coming over tonight but i got the band oh cool coming through for practice too all right on yeah we have to figure out it's one of those things we got to do like promo picks because we're making a new album so we're trying to do all that stuff like ourselves this time yeah and try to figure out a place in my house to put five people. I think we might just all jump in my bed upstairs and <laughs> that's cute. <laughs> yeah. Who knows what we'll do. I can but, stick around and hold the camera if you want. <laughs> they're always running late too. So I don't even know, dude, but, um, so real quick, uh, I'll wrap up here soon, but I just wanted to kind of ask about any like current music that you have out kind of what, what inspired music like any recent releases like in terms of like, like what are they about like what do they mean to, like what should people maybe take away from them oh yeah sure sure well um i actually do have a song coming out at the end of the month march 29th it's called leaving and 
it's it's about I guess uh finding identity and like external sources um and what I mean by that is like if somebody were to ask you about yourself like how would you what would you respond with and I think for me personally I would respond with uh like what I do yeah you know oh um I'm Josh and I you know I make music or uh my part-time job is like I roast coffee and then like what happens when uh, those things change. So when those sources change, like mm. who are you if you're not a doctor, if you're not a musician yeah. or like, how would you, how do you define yourself or, or even like looking to, um, to like other people to define you. And, and when those relationships change, like, yeah, how, how do you feel about yourself and like who, who do you think you are? Yeah, that's really like when those external uh, sources change, how much of your identity is like subconsciously determined by how you feel others are perceiving you. And yeah. you know what I mean? Like that's, that's a really interesting concept. And like, I like to think about that stuff, even if mm. it gets a little bit hairy sometimes. Like I the, think it's good too. I think it's good to be critical about that, you know? Yeah. Like what, like, exploring your own identity can be pretty difficult for people sometimes like if they don't want to sometimes because sometimes that goes along with like acknowledging things like from your past that shaped you that you don't like to think about oh you're telling me i mean i grew up and this is like we could talk about this for forever probably but i grew up in a very christian home right a very conservative home and that's not that's not my jam anymore yeah yeah um and even then i was like you know, I, I felt like the odd one and and all of that mess, but like, but now I've like within like the last um, year or so, I feel like pretty much completely separated from that world. Yeah. So yeah, it's just it's just the amount of change. It's crazy. Yeah, and especially when it's 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 one thing to you know understand how you're like how yourself and like who you are inside has changed and based on your own thoughts and your own reactions to things. But it's a really interesting concept to think about like when the people around you change, like and how different people come into your life and they perceive you differently and how that influences what you think of yourself. Yeah, for That's sure. Really fascinating. Like that could be as simple as like, you know, going away to college and you're not with your parents anymore. And all of a sudden you realize like, your parents could be extremely disappointed in you for so many reasons. And then all of a sudden you're around these people who are just accepting of you for who you are. And then it's like, wait, am I a good guy? You know? (laughs) Yeah. Am I like, okay. Like it's, it's takes a long time sometimes. Like, well, I think it's a, I think you're spending your whole life basically arriving at who you are, you know? Yeah. I think you just, you learn more about yourself and you change and you, yeah, I think you spend your whole life getting there. Yeah, I think the quicker you can abandon the idea that you're ever going to actually figure it out, the happier you'll be the sooner. <laughs> That's probably know? true. That's probably true. It's it's more like instead of trying to like arrive at a particular destination, view it more as like you're on a loop and you're like constantly like getting closer and closer to like self-actualization, but then the goalpost keeps getting moved. Mm, And then it's like you realize the moment you realize one thing for certain about yourself, like there's this whole new door that opens up, like all these new things that you don't quite understand about yourself. And it's like trying to find happiness in that is a lot easier when you just accept that 
it, it's an imperfect thing and there's not going to be concrete answers and you shouldn't I, I think for me like i don't try to search for those concrete answers anymore i just try to live more about like off of what feels right and like what you know trying to the the things that i can identify about myself that i obviously want to change i, I work on those things yeah good to good you know. to be able to identify that and be working towards it for sure yeah but the idea that i'll ever like pin down who i am is to me it feels absurd you know like i can yeah. i can i can come up with like a close approximation and if i can do that and feel pretty comfortable that that's a consistent thing i'll be like i'm pretty happy there mm. you know what sure. i mean yeah i think for me it's it's important to feel like i know who i am because otherwise i I could get like insecure, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? I could, I could look at to something else and that's like kind of what the song is about in a way is like, I can look to something else to define me. And if like, I know who I am at a core level and you know, my values and like whatever else I can sort of correct that line of thinking. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, and it's, it's always interesting trying to boil all that down into like lyrical, lines, a three minute song, you know, yeah. Oh, for sure. Oh yeah, definitely. But I think that's what I like about the podcast, though, is like now if people who do listen to this and they, they, you know, they hear the song, they'll have like that context to view the, you know, lyrics are usually like a simplified representation of what it is you're really trying to say. Yeah, for sure. The concept, you know, it's I wish I had more artists opinions or or their like explanations of what they were going for. Mm, Yeah. I mean, it just makes the song better for me you know yeah. to hear uh where the artist's head was when when they were writing that what did you mean by that lyric and yeah and so on you know yeah and i always think it's funny like when people interpret things that i've done or something and they 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 give me their what they thought it was and i mean you know, i realize like oh they're not wrong but they're also not right like they're not like that mm-hmm. isn't what i meant but they're not wrong for thinking that because the words are there and yeah. it's a valid interpretation. Uh, yeah, the subjectivity of it is... It's it's great. I almost like that more than, you know, them getting yeah. it right, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's that's what I was going to say. Like, if even if this wasn't necessarily what I was writing about, if it did something for you, if it helped you feel known in some way or, like, offered some sort of, like, breakthrough or relief, like, that's great. Like, the, the music has more than done its job, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think... I don't feel, and you tell me how you think about this. I don't feel entirely responsible for the things I create necessarily. I feel like they come to me from somewhere and that's about as spiritual as I'll get Mm. is thinking about like music and art is coming from some external source that isn't necessarily me. And I'm like channeling these things and creating output based on, this thing this this inspiration that's coming from somewhere else that i can't really explain but it doesn't feel nothing i've written felt to me like it was uh like systematically executed by my own brain like from start to finish it always feels like there's this thing that's coming from somewhere and then i just interpret it and put it out and then it's the song so i feel even more like if you interpret it a certain way it's no more it's no less valid than my own interpretation of it because it's it 
feels like I'm interpreting something from somewhere else too. Yeah, it's just, you know? it is, it's by nature open to interpretation. And yeah. even you are drawing your own interpretation from it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I just think it's great to look at things that way and rather than like, oh, this is the right way to look at it, you know? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I, I get that. It's also like, you know, it's not bad too to like be really intentional about what you're writing you know? oh sure if you if you if you have a topic if you have something that you like you just really want to say specific things like that's fine too yeah you know? yeah and that's not to say that there could be just like a an interpretation of something that's like no that's not right <laughs> you yeah know, like, you're yeah. wrong you're wrong about that it's sometimes it's okay to just be wrong too but yeah i i think so i i have a hard time uh doing that what you described i have a really hard time uh being into like i think about like bright eyes or like I'll people bright eyes, yeah yeah like people who like his lyrics are just genius and for sure i have a really hard time approaching music that way and i envy people who can like have these like themes and metaphors that are like mm-hmm. so consistent throughout a song whereas i'm more of like a i i guess i think things more abstractly and I, that's really cool though like, I think that's its own gift. You know, some people are not good at doing that. Yeah. Like, I, I totally have just, like, kind of bought into, like, that's who I am at this point as that's an cool. artist. Like, I, I'm more of, like, I write things that I feel and lines will come to me and they'll feel a certain way. And, like, one verse to the other in the same song might not be connected by what they're saying, but, like, the way they make me feel is connected. So I'll be, rather than intentionally writing about one topic... I'm writing through a feeling that I'm having. And then once it's done, that's when I go back and try to interpret what it is that I was saying. Mm, and yeah, that's where themes come from. For me, I'll be like, okay, this group of songs, now that I've written them, it, to me, they mean this. So I think that's the theme of what I have here. Sure. I don't, but yeah, that's always been me. I've never been able to like have a topic. If I try to, I can't do it. Like I can't write. Like if I think, all right, this song is gonna be about this. I just I just stare at a blank screen or a blank mm, page. Yeah, you know? it has to just come from somewhere else, or that's how it feels, anyways. I think that's pretty cool. It's fun. Yeah, it's cool for sure. You know? Um, yeah. Anything? Anything else that like anything coming up? Anything that you want to plug or any? Uh... Yeah. Uh, so March 29th, new single everywhere, um, and then also April 16th, I'm playing a show with. CC Coakley and Field Guide at the Sanctuary. Oh yeah, I think I yeah. saw on Instagram that uh, the poster for that or something. Oh yeah, are you familiar with either of those acts, CC Coakley or? Uh, no, Field Guide? I I know that uh, like Field Guide is like a solo artist, I think, right? Or yeah, he's a solo artist. Yeah. He's traveling with the band and stuff, but like okay. he does a similar thing. Um, yeah, I, I I'll check it out because it's it seems like one of those things where. It, Definitely looks like more of an indie bill at face value. And these are the things that I'm trying to get more invested yeah. in and, and like knowledgeable on. Oh, for sure. And they're both great acts. I didn't know who CC was before I got booked for the show. And I'm so excited to hear her and her band. Oh, yeah. I knew who Field Guide was for a while. I liked Field Guide. Um, but yeah, that's April 16th, a Sunday, Sunday show. Fuck yeah. Yeah, how about it, right? <laughs> Three band bill, not bad. That's not bad for a Sunday. You'll be home and That's right. watching TV at like <laughs> 9 30, 10 o'clock. It's going to be great. No, that's cool. And it's at the sanctuary, you said? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I love the sanctuary, dude. Yeah, that's the spot. And then um, 
yeah, just if you want to just say where people can find the music and and your like online stuff, and then I will hit that fucking space bar and this will be over. <laughs> Sounds good. So you can find everything through my website. It's uh, augremusic.com. It's A-U-G-R-E-S music.com. And that's got all my links. So check it out.